You're listening to the podcast, Carlos Avalon, My Music, My Life. Thank you for tuning in. And now, here's your host, Carlos Avalon. I should have asked you for your number, and if you'd like for me to go, because I think I really like... Coming to you once again from downtown Palm Springs, and just back from a short trip to my old hometown. Las Vegas. I first stepped foot on the stage in Las Vegas in the late 70s at the old Holiday Casino. That's what now is Harris, Las Vegas. But back then, the Holiday was a much smaller casino and smaller building. I performed as a guest in the Shelley Adams show. She was a great performer and great to work with. I had first worked opposite her in Fort Collins, Colorado, in the mid-70s. Then, in the 90s, I performed at Bally's Hotel Casino in the Panda Lounge. Bally's was the original MGM, but by the time I played there, it was Bally's Las Vegas. And then the last time I performed there, up to this point, I mean, I hope to perform uh, a few more times in Las Vegas before before I, well, I retire from this business, but actually I don't plan to retire as long as I can sing a note and play a song on the piano and someone is willing to book me or come see me, I think I'll keep working. I'll keep doing what I love. But I do hope uh, to go back there sometime. But the last time I performed there uh, recently was at the Cosmopolitan Hotel Casino. I did um, the Liberace exhibit there a couple of years in a row. I love that place. And I officially actually lived in Las Vegas for three years um, back, right around three years. I think it was around 1989 90 and 91. That was a great time to live in Las Vegas. It was still the old traditional Vegas, but it was also just becoming the new Las Vegas. I was there when the Mirage opened in 1989, and then when the Excalibur opened in 1990. And uh, and so it was a perfect time to be there because we had the old and the new coming together and we still could drive around anywhere within the city and along the strip without feeling like we're in the middle of the LA rush hour traffic. Oh, traffic is terrible in Vegas now. Keep in mind that during all that time, I was already under contract with Harris Casinos. I never performed at Harris Las Vegas. It was strictly their, their their venue and their style of music. They were catering to country. Uh, they were booking mo- primarily country artists. And although I do countries, a segment of country songs in my show, I'm not um, uh, my I'm not considered a country artist. So they were doing actually already by then country pop. And um, although I lived there. I was actually performing mostly between Harris, Atlantic City, and other properties elsewhere, wherever, which is common in show business. You're on the road a lot, and you rarely perform where you actually live. 
it was an amazing time in my career and in my life. I loved Las Vegas, still do, but loved living there, especially at that time. But now I'll take you even further back to my days playing in Reno, Nevada. I um, um, I, 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 I mentioned I, I loved that era at that time in my life, um, and it was the early 80s. Um, actually, I, I moved to Reno uh, officially in 1980, and I considered the early to late 80s my Reno era. And in 1983, the biggest deal of my career was coming together, was happening, had just been put together. And uh, it took place uh, in Reno, uh, the main project. And uh, uh, well, let me tell you, in 1982, I signed with Keyboard Records, a new record label from the San Francisco Bay Area. They were putting money into me. With a group of investors, we came up with funds for my very first long-playing album, LP. And to coincide with the release of the album, there was a company created also with career investors called Westwind Productions. And the purpose of that company was to four-wall, meaning leasing the space. Uh, that format was just coming into being and is, in many cases, the norm now. There's a good chance the show you just saw in Las Vegas, Reno, or Lake Tahoe, or wherever, or the restaurant you just uh, ate at in the casino, in most cases, is not run by the casino or hotel you're in, but rather leased and operated by another entity. And so, we now had a cabaret showroom in Reno, Nevada, to debut my show. The show was called Carlos Avalon, the, excuse me, the Carlos Avalon Explosion. Wow, sounds dynamic. And yes, it was a, a rather dynamic, uh, powerful show. My, um, there were billboards, there were um, taxi cabs all over town with my name and the logo of the show, and everything was coming together. And the deal was the, with the Sundowner Hotel and Casino in downtown Reno, and I was to become the resident entertainer there. We released the album Carlos Avalon only one a few months before the show was to open. Both the show and the album were produced by Michael Adele. You keep hearing that name, Michael and Rich Kurtz, two names you'll be hearing a lot because they're my producers, been with me forever. I love those guys. We had big bucks, budgets for both. The album featured a, featured a 14 to 16 piece band with overdubs and all and the budget was big, and it sounds big. Great horn section, great number of studio musicians, and there was also a big budget for the show and to run the cabaret showroom. I was on a huge high. I was an up-and-coming artist 
in my early, I think mid-20s, early 20s, with lots of backing, what every artist dreams of having. And it was a family affair. My dad was managing the cabaret operations. Brother George was my drummer. My sister Connie Marie, my backup singer, along with an amazing group of talented musicians. But the album released in early 83, late, uh, yeah, early 83, well, the album didn't do as well as we hoped. Although two of the Portuguese songs, we had nine songs, but two were um, sung in Portuguese. Well, they actually got a lot of airplay in my native Portuguese market. But I've always loved the original title song on the album, Only One. Recently, we went back to the archives. Actually, a few years ago, we re-released um, Carlos Avalon, Only One, um, um, and that one was called Another Track on, on, the, on, on the album, uh, was the, uh, the title of the album, A Place Called Waimea. I will um, talk about that album in another episode, uh, because Waimea is a place in Hawaii, and yes, my career, um, well, first started in the Portuguese market in the Bay Area, San Francisco area, but then the big break was in Hawaii. There is an episode all about Hawaii coming up, my friends. Anyway, we went back to the archives. We remastered only one, and we released it as a single just a few days ago. Not sure what the powers that be are monitoring this podcast, because as I mentioned before, we're not allowed to play cover songs, even though we got permission to record them. Where I'm only allowed to play on my podcast songs that I own the publishing for and that I wrote. But I hereby declare that this song I'm about to play was not written by me, rather by my producer, Michael Adell, and he owns the publishing of the song, he's the arranger of the song, and the producer of the song, and I have his permission to use the song. So whoever is monitoring whether I'm playing songs that I'm not allowed to play, be aware this is all legit and used by permission. Of course it is. I'd have to have his permission. Guess what? He's the editor of the podcast. So if he had not wanted or allowed me to play his song, he wouldn't have done the editing and you would not be listening to this particular episode. My friends... Enjoy only one. Another page has turned and we're still here. You think I've changed. I'm not the same. But love.
song you wrote for me all those years ago. It's now on Spotify, iTunes, and all outlets. And if you have Alexa at home, how about just saying, Alexa, play Carlos Avalon, only one. That would help me as a recording artist a lot. Those streams, those downloads mean so much. Only One was recorded at Freeway Recording Studios in Oakland, California, and mastered, remastered at Fantasy Recording Studios in Berkeley. Major stars were recording in those places. Fantasy Studios Soundtracks for movies were recorded there. Those places were big time. Big stars were performing there. And folks, it was a big deal for me, for keyboard records, and I'm sure for Michael, the producer, to be working and doing that project at those two famous studios. 
Now, we were hoping the show at the Sundowner Hotel would run three months. The original plan was to book the show for three months. But the owners of the Sundowner demanded we at least sign a six-month deal. A lease. But the original strategy of having the show run three months and only leasing the cabaret for three months is because we also knew I was not a known recording artist. I had no hits at the time. I was a new up-and-coming artist. In Reno, in the big showrooms, were the big stars. And so um, we were worried that a six-month run I may not have to carry that long of a run. Um, I was not Frankie Avalon. I was Carlos Avalon. And so, um, actually, I'm flattered. I've had some people on cruise ships, younger kids. Well, by younger, I mean 20s and early 30s. That actually, when I talk about Frankie Avalon on stage, they have no idea who I'm talking about. That's kind of good for my ego. They know Carlos Avalon, and they don't know Frankie. But anyway, going back to the Sundowner, the strategy would have been to actually book it for one month and then use the old uh, ploy and show business. The one month went great. Extended by popular demand, then we'd be running two months, and then maybe another month. But we knew we could handle three months. We were worried about six months. The numbers the first month, well, of course, new show in town. All my fans from all over California came. So the uh, the numbers were great. Second month, not as good, but still good. The third month, we started to see that we probably could not afford to, um, to go another three months. But... Um, that's show business. And it's all about the money. Sure. Had we gone back to the investors and say, hey, we need more money to run the show at a loss each week. Sure. We would have stayed six months. But again, that's show business. And like in any other business, it's all about the money. But you know what? In a way, that Sundowner Hotel Casino show, the Carlos Avalon explosion was a great success for me because that project as a nightclub, cabaret act and entertainer in the Nevada circuit put me on the people to watch list of some of the empresarios of the entertainment business, especially those doing the Nevada and booking the Nevada circuit, meaning Reno, Lake Tahoe, Las Vegas. And um, so um, that album, Only One, and that Sundowner Cabaret project, to this day, I consider those two projects right at the very top, uh, or top three or four of my most rewarding and fulfilling achievements in this crazy business I'm in. 
You know, some of you keep asking questions, and one question I've had is, um, do I record the podcast live? I mean, the, the episodes live. Oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, uh, that can happen, and uh, some major uh, news, um, um, celebrity, uh, famous news uh, uh, anchor people that have podcasts, uh, that's practically live or a day before recorded. My deal with my distribution uh, for affordability and costs, I have to submit to them the the episode about 10 days before I want it to air. So this episode that you're listening to now was probably was submitted for distribution 10 days ago, and I usually recorded about a day or two before the day I have to submit it, which means that sometimes I may talk about some political issues that are no longer really hot on the news, so I'll try to be careful with that. But speaking of political issues, guess what? I'm not going to go into any of the My Life segment um, this time. I've gone long enough. I will come back to politics. There's a few issues I'm following. But right now, I just hope by the time you're listening to my voice and this episode, that the situation in India has gotten better. I'm so worried. Hey, I was worried when I went to Vegas and to see that Vegas was practically practically open as if there was, had been no pandemic or there was still no pandemic. Sure, I'm vaccinated. I would not have come down to Palm Springs from Northern California where I spent the whole lockdown, and I would not have gone to Vegas if I were not fully vaccinated. But still, it felt weird. So... Be careful, folks. Just look at India. Look what happened in Minnesota a few weeks ago. Let's be careful. Let's be safe. And for now, that's all. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Please join us again in two weeks for another episode of Carlos Avalon, My Music, My Life. And you'll come back to me some days I said